AI can get a little wild. Just if you don't give it enough parameters, I've gotten stuff like responses like really cryptic, and I could tell that it's reading. It's like watch iRobot or something. I get like really crazy stuff sometimes where if you put in random stuff. I'm like, tell me a story. It's like AI is taking over the world. I'm like, okay, don't tell me that story. As society, I think the biggest thing that I'm gonna say is like, AI is coming, whether we like it or not. So the people that are against it, I'm sorry. The best thing you could do is get with it rather than be left behind. Welcome to All Killer No Filler. It is Thursday. I'm Eric Dick, and today I am here with a couple of real pals. Uh, I have a, a friend, uh, a fortuitous friend that I met a few years ago, uh, Iman Bashir, who is the founder and creator of Craftly.ai, one of the most next level. AI copywriting tools available out there. And uh, we just reconnected uh, and I became very excited about some of the, the possibilities. Uh, I know this is very a very exciting topic in the space right now. A lot of people are, are talking about the power of AI uh, in the world of copywriting. So we also brought on Cam from Pilothouse Studios copywriting team. Uh, we're just going to mix it up, talk a little bit about the state of AI copy uh, and talk about how to best use it in with your brand or in your agency and not feel like it's going to maybe take your job necessarily, but how it can uh, make you a bit superhuman. So Aman, welcome to All Killer No Filler. It's great to see you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Why don't we just start? Like, Just tell us your story with uh, building Craftly. So basically, I started out a couple years ago. I just stumbled into the world of design and development. And then I eventually got into search engine optimization because I'm like, wow, this is great. It's perpetual income. And then with search engine optimization, I quickly realized how to get to the top of Google. It's all about content. It's all about content marketing. And we were scaling and we were offering enterprise solutions. And then I was just like, there's not enough of me. So how can we do content at scale? And then I found that a lot of small businesses found it hard to compete with bigger businesses because they were unable to keep up with the amount of copy needed. One thing's relevant, the next week it's not relevant. And so uh, I embarked out to find out about everyone is really skeptical about AI. I always get the same things like, how can I trust AI? How can it be creative? And the way that I always respond is, so this open AI, which is founded by Elon Musk came out. And so right now it's on an early access basis only. So our company got early access about a year ago, but basically they came out and have a model that searches a data set of 175 billion parameters. To give you context, any AI before it, the largest was around 2 billion. So this is like basically searching the whole internet. And what it does is searches the whole internet and you give it a couple words and it extends. And so let's say you want a blog about how to write great copy. It'll go search the internet for all the best blogs, all the best blogs about that topic and kind of reform it into human-like content. And so when people ask me, like, how can I trust AI? Like, how is it great? How does it know about love? I always say, like, who's better to tell me about love? You who's experienced it maybe five to 10 times or AI who has experienced it via the internet over like 20 million times, right? So I discovered this and at first I was skeptical myself. I'm like, how... How do I do this? The quality that I was finding on some of the early adopters, there's not a lot of 
AI copywriters out there. It's probably like 10 to 12 just because it's on an early access basis. But I was finding a problem. It was a lot of like broken wording. And then I got into prompt engineering. And so I met the best like AI people, the best copywriters, the best SEO experts. And I'm like, okay, guys, like how do we build this to like add all these formulas? Like there's a formula for product descriptions or ad text, right? There's a formula for getting high click-through rates. And I'm like, how do we add these formulas to these tools where we don't have to, we could provide a customer facing solution. It took us eight months to build and train completely. And you bootstrap this bad boy. Well, so like it's completely self-funded but it's amazing because our seo clients uh, because it's basically automated it hasn't completely replaced i always say enhanced not replaced but because it's like made our lives so much easier with that and we're able to profit so much more all that money has went towards craftly so we've been bootstrapping it's been exciting finally launched we have over 45 tools and the best part about it is it it learns with you. It learns the way that you write. It gets better the more you use it. And there's there's definitely a learning curve, but anyone who I show it to is just wowed. <laughs> yeah, you showed it to me the other day and, and it looked looked pretty interesting. At the end of this, we're going to be doing a live. Uh, we're going to come up with the title for this podcast using AI. We're going to summon the demon for this purpose. Uh, Cam, what's your take on on AI copy? In your, you know, in, in your job, uh, you know, on, on the Pilot House copy team, how do you see AI being best used? I honestly haven't looked too much into it. Like I've had a couple conversations with other copywriters about AI. So a lot of people are scared that it's like going to take their job. Um, I don't see it going that way. I feel it being more of a complimentary tool um, that writers can use when they're maybe stuck on writing headlines. Like with the amount of content people are putting out these days, I feel like even if you're the best writer in the world, you're still gonna have days where, you know, the creative oju isn't necessarily flowing. So just having this kind of tool to lean on, I think is gonna be really beneficial. Even before I started hearing about Jarvis and Craftly and stuff like that, I've been leaning on like a headline generator tool and it's not very good. Like, I don't, I don't even remember the name of it. It's probably like headlinegenerator.com or something like that, but it just pumps out like 700 headlines. And like you said, they're like, it's, it starts out with like broken English and I feel like you do, you are going to need that human on the other end of the experience to kind of finesse it. And even though the AI has probably experienced love and different emotions more than humans have, I just feel like the human at the end of the day is the in-between from the client. So it makes sense to have that final touch to kind of just finesse it. So I love it. when it comes to AI versus copywriter, with me, I, I never find it... In fact, a lot of people are going the long form copy route, but I find that I hate that because it's, I find that it works best when you're collaborating with it and using it as like an idea generator. It's like having two brains. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we have it where like you input something and it gives you seven options and you choose. And I, in fact, I normally don't even choose one option. I choose like the best of three or to four options. And like what we do 
with that is like even headlines. Yes, uh, I love, but my favorite tools are actually like the bullet to paragraph because that actually it takes what I punch in a different like a bunch of different bullets and it makes them paragraphs and I could use a creativity dial to like tell it how creative do I want it. But another cool thing to touch on what you said with brainstorming is a lot of times like when there's a blog. I or something like an article where I punch it in, we have like an outline tool and most of them do where like AI comes up with different topics within something. So it is a great brainstorming tool, but I completely agree with you. It's not going to replace copywriting anytime soon. It's more like it's going to cut your it's cutting your time down to like 10%. So you could do tons of more stuff. And when it comes to the formula of copywriting, so an example is blog topics, right? So when we have a blog topic, here, let me try pulling one up. So when we have a blog topic and we're- You can share your screen for our video viewers. If you know, we do have, if you, you can follow us, this is your cue to follow oh, DTC's podcast on YouTube because uh, you'll actually get the uh, screen share here if I'm on, can pull perfect. it up. This is all the first time we screen shared on the podcast, but let's see okay. it. Let me, there we go. Okay, so let's do AI and copywriting. I'm going to, just because I know most of your audience is audio, so I'll read some stuff out loud. But what I love about it is it creates, it does kind of the best of all worlds where, let's say right here, it talks about breaking down the skills. So I punched in AI and copywriting. So I asked it for a bunch of blog topics. So it gave me breaking down the skills of a copywriter. What makes a great copywriter and how to become one? It tells us AI in the future of copywriting. Then it gives us some tips for success. And then there's another one on defining it. Like, what is it? So it uses the best of all worlds to kind of come up with a different so the formula is basically giving you a wide variety so an example is let's say you have something like granite countertops is always granite countertops and you're trying to come up with blogs on such a broad topic so what it will do is it'll suggest okay we have the ultimate guide then we are suggesting the pros and cons and then it says okay what is granite countertops so define it and then they're saying the best one, so like a bunch of reviews. And so they're giving you a bunch of different ideas. The best one I think to like to show the formula is product description. So a lot of people, when they're doing a product description, they forget about, okay, like this is a, this is a clothing item. This is a material. So we train the AI to know, okay, this is a material. This is a clothing item. So we want to include the durability. We want to include the fabric, how it is sourced. And so it does all of that with you. So like an example is if we're just putting sweatpants, it kind of triggers you as a writer to think of all these things, right? So we'll give it a second. And the other thing is a lot of times people start with different things. So like if you're looking at these different versions, there's one version that starts off with this the question. It's, are you tired of sweatpants that don't fit right? Well, we're, we are too. We've combined our best-selling fabric blend with a slim silhouette to create the Leo. Everything you could want in a pair of sweatpants. And then it goes... It says that it's slim fitting, relaxed legs. Did it just also just create a brand out of nowhere? 
Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't give it a brand. So it just created one. So that's what I mean. You can't use this without a person. Otherwise it's going to be like, wait, I didn't even tell it made from hundred percent cotton. Like you have to kind of like edit with it. But, oh, I love this. It's like one of them ends off with coming in a variety of colors. These sweatpants will be the new favorite for lounging, jogging, and Netflix and chill nights. So it's like in tune, which what's catchy, right? And so another thing is some of them start with stop being cold in the winter. We've combined or another one starts with the brand. So KYO is a new line of sweatpants. So it kind of gives variation so that the copywriter then can then be like, okay, wait, no, this sounds more like me. And then from there, they could actually use it if they like or favorite it. We're reading that. And so we read kind of like, is this copywriter choosing stuff that's more friendly or is it choosing stuff that's more serious? And then your AI kind of learns with you. You need to get a pixel placement so you can actually see which, which ad text and which headlines actually convert. Oh, definitely. That's why we got to collab with Pilot House. They'll help us with all that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's I'm pre- I'm pretty blown away by by the tool. I, c- I can definitely see its use. Uh, Cam, can you speak a little bit to how you could see a tool like this being used in, especially in an agency setting like Pilot House, where it's like we're iterating, you know, dozens and dozens of copy, you know, copy pieces every every week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's cool. Like copywriting like we have writers on our team obviously but we're not the only people doing all the writing for the whole agency right so we have like media buyers that are writing ad copy for facebook or instagram ads um who might not like be as adept in copywriting as the copywriting team but they still have a pretty good handle i think like a tool like this um, could just take it to the next level for all departments, to be honest. That's interesting. It's great for people like marketers, because a lot of times I find that they, they like know what sounds good, exactly, but when it yeah. comes, what, but when it comes down to writing it, they're just stumped or their time is better spent doing other things. Right. Like, but like media buying. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, <that's really> <laughs> I, I, I like, I'm interested, like how it looks like some of these samples here are like, they have like the question at the start, they have like, they're using copywriting techniques like problem, agitate, solution. Yes. Or like attention, interest, desire, action. Like, how does it know that? So those are actually, we actually have tools for those. So you could actually go and punch in those exact things and it will generate it better. But here it's because we have our copywriting, um, our be- like the best copywriters, the best SEO experts. They're the ones that trained it. We're not just using the AI. We're using an added. So the AI, it's amazing. Open AI, like Elon Musk's company. And they provide us with like all this data, like the full internet's worth of data that they like then hone in and give us human like tech. And from there, we're actually taking it and let's say we get 30 variations, we're sifting through those variations and putting it together with our own magic formula. So an added layer. And so it really is interesting, but like, it's all about, I would say that it it doesn't just stop at using the AI. It's more like the AI is, works with you. It learns with you. And so it also, there's a learning curve with you learning the AI because there is some things that work and doesn't. So like you saw those examples, um, for anyone that wants, they could go and look at the video, but you saw the examples of me putting in just the words media buying really, really broad. So it came up with a bunch of stuff. Like it kind of filled in the blanks for me, but if I actually went in and gave it the pain agitate, like if I gave it more, it would be way better results. Wow. Yep. 
If you're ready to jump the line and get started with the world's most advanced AI copywriting tool, go to d2cnews.link slash craftly to get started with craftly.ai today. So well, how does one train an AI? Like I, well, you, you introduced us earlier to a copywriter on your team who's going to help us uh, on some backend things. And you were suggesting that, that this, is, this is one of the main writers who, who helped train the AI. What does that actually mean practically? So training, it's a lot of different things. So we have the best in machine learning that's actually sitting there. And there's a bunch of different, like there's the temperance, the, to put it plainly, there's a bunch of different settings. So like an example is a sentence rewriter tool is going to have a lot more, the frequency dial is a lot more than let's say a blog introduction tool where we want the AI to be creative. We don't want it to take our input. We want it to think outside the box. But when it comes to sentence rewriter, no, no, we don't want it to be too creative because we want it to rewrite it with some creativity, but not change the meaning. So there's tons of settings there between finding the perfect balance of creativity and frequency. But that stuff happens in the background of the AI. You guys don't even notice it. But a way that we are training the AI is we are giving it, there's, so open AI, we're not just putting in, hey, feed us a bunch of product descriptions. We're feeding them around 200 to 500 different subsets of data. And that data is stuff that we've searched and researched and written and seen, okay, this stuff converts. And now we're feeding this and being like, do you want give us responses based on what a user inputs, but only stuff that follows these patterns so that we, when we're sending it to you, it's not just copywriting. It's like copywriting that converts. Like you're mentioning about how it learns and how it knows when, when yeah. that things that convert, like how do you get those qualifications or those quantifications? I, I, this is the, just thinking about it the yeah. first time I realized, okay, if you're using Google, the things that are going to be at the top of the search rankings are going to be optimized for human consumption. So those are going to be yeah. naturally the best examples of copy, but, but expand on that. So it's, it's, remember each tool, it's like months and months of training of it's constant people being like, nope, these aren't good enough. We need to train better. We need to tweak the setting. So it's not only looking at what's popular, like there's so many different scores that we give it as a team before someone like externally gets to see it. And scores are like stuff like readability, like every, copywriters, marketers know that lower readability, like the internet does not have a high readability score. So we base it on that. Then we look at keywords. We look at, okay, okay, this is a topic, what are related keywords? Are we including those keywords? And then we look at, so there's about a hundred different things that's added into that formula. And then we look at even like the syntax, right? And we want to give everyone the most variation. So when we're giving, feeding the examples, we're making sure that it has a wide variety. Some of them start with questions. Some of them start with a quirky statement. Some of them start with like catchy statements. Some of them are more serious. So we're giving a big subs set that it then takes in and it's up to now the users to choose what works and doesn't work but the way that we trained it is so my uh, before I started this AI company I was doing SEO and our minimums are 30k a month that's how much brands were paying just to get SEO done and I actually used one of our clients for SEO we used Craftly as a a tool to see what we could do with that and I'm like do you want we're no more writing. We're just using AI with writers. And we wanted to see. And so when we were actually getting and training the AI, we were comparing the results of like what it was in different situations, like A-B testing, basically every single thing that was exported to hone in and get that AI perfected. 
Unbelievable. I wanted to ask you, you've got your head in AI, you know, as long as, as as much as anyone I know, probably. Have you, what are some of the implications for how good this technology is already and how much better it's going to be in the next five years? So it scares me. And I definitely think with AI comes great responsibility. And I think it's up to companies like ours to, an example is that our website, we don't allow anyone to straight publish. Everyone's like, why don't you create a tool where they could like publish it directly to Instagram or create a tool that they could, that's even why I'm very safe when it comes to long form content. If someone wants to use craftly.ai, they go in and choose a topic. They use the topic tool, then they use the outline tool, then they do the introduction tool, and then they get to like craft their whole article. And it takes like minutes, but like, I still am wary about giving someone the ability to just go and craft like a hundred thousand words in seconds because it's the AI can get a little wild. So like, if you don't give it enough parameters, I've gotten stuff like responses, like the world, like really cryptic. And I could tell <laughs> that it's reading. It's like watched iRobot or something. I get like really crazy stuff sometimes where I have to add so many filters to filter that out. But if you put in random stuff, like some stuff, it's like, I'm like, tell me a story. It's like AI is taking over the world. I'm like, okay, don't tell me that story. <laughs> oh, no, don't tell me that story. <laughs> and there's a bunch oh. of them, but it, it's up to us. And then the other thing is I would find that like, we need to, as society, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to say is like, AI is coming, whether we like it or not. So the people that are against it, I'm sorry, the best thing you could do is get with it rather than be left behind, right? So many people are against it. And it's like, we got to team together to like, make it so that it's not killing creativity, but enhancing it, like, for schools and stuff, that scares me. I'm like, I, I only learned writing and the way I market because I had to struggle in school. I didn't have an AI to help. Mm -hmm. So it's up to it's up to us to like establish things in place where we create rules and stuff to limit that. But there is also so many great use cases. Like I know this company that's offering AI to write curriculums where like third world countries, they can't afford to have these curriculums. And it's really giving, providing them opportunities where they can learn where at such a cheap rate and build these schools around these curriculums or online schools with AI or Codex was just released by GitHub where like you could code with, there's all these amazing things. And I would say that far outweighs the negative. Interesting. And so you can't sell to high school students either. You can't because high school, like how far could you get in education just using this like for, you know, yeah. get to the top. Some people are offering student discounts and I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like that's maybe, a problem. Yeah. So that's something I'm a little wary about, but I guess it's up to us as a society to kind of work together to do it for the good, then try to limit it. Because if we just say like no, no AI is allowed, no one's going to listen. There's no way to tell. It's really interesting that Elon is the guy that has been the most vocal about how scared he is of it, but he's also the one that's doing it the most. Because I guess he's maybe feels that responsibility to be like, if someone's going to do it, they got to have to understand how dangerous it is potentially. So I love, I actually love the work that they're doing. So OpenAI, they are working with us constantly. Like we can't even release a tool without having it heavily vetted by their team. We can't even release even the wording of a name of a tool. They're on it. And every Every single 
output, everything that we're producing, even with our like crazy layers of machine learning and stuff, they're able to see everything. So it's complete open door. So I must like tip my hat to him. He is putting the stuff in place to make sure it's as safe as possible. But we're still getting wild stuff. Can I can I tell you my theory about where it, one of the big ways AI will impact our lives in the next little while? Please. I think we're just like, we live in this like stream of data and everyone is trying to build more data. The metaverse is trying to build, you know, build like a whole world where, you know, you live in this digital space and that's only data. And then the internet of things is trying to create as much data as possible on this side. And then you've got this whole concept of blockchain where like everything can be recorded potentially and, and sort of be interacted with. I think, I think AI will be like the next kind of internet in a way. And it'll be like a butler. I've said this before. I think if you, if you had a butler in the, in the 1700s or whatever, that butler would be dressing you in the morning and would say, sir, that, that gentleman over there doesn't have your best interests at heart. Like they, like they'll, that butler will know more about you than maybe, you know. And I feel like people will have different degrees of intelligent butlers where they're actually able to like make more sense of the data around them, perhaps own their own data and sell transact with their data in different ways for, on their behalf and stuff I, I feel like we'll have an AI sort of like butler eventually what do you think of that idea Mon? I love that I definitely think AI like it's it's kind of scary because I'm now starting to use it for like even just thinking even just not even work-wise I'm using it for everything <laughs> And so it it almost feels like a lifestyle assistant than a butler too. If I hadn't met you in person, I might be concerned you're a deep fake right now. But <laughs> but I know that's not I cannot confirm or deny. <laughs> nice. Well, that's fantastic. So if you want to try out craftly.ai, we prepared and I know there's a long waiting list, so we've prepared a link that you can just go to and kind of jump the queue a little bit. If you go to d2cnews.link/craftly, that's d2cnews.link/craftly. Uh, you can play around with the tool, see if it's if it's something that you might use. Um, if you go just to craftly.ai, make sure you tell them that d2c sent you. All right. Well, I think this could be an ongoing thing. We, we, we've teased some of the, the future interactions we might have um, where we where we put this to the test and actually see how it how it works when the rubber meets the road on ads and landing pages because we're producing, you know, hundreds of those every week. So it'd be interesting to, to give oh, us a Oh, we're test. doing, we're going to do a competition. We're going to put the best, wait, at the beginning of the call, someone said that there was someone that was an AI skeptic and they were a copywriter. We're going to put them to the test. <laughs> we are going to do a side-by-side -side, and I'll even make it so that that person can come up with the topic and we give it a certain amount of time and then we're going to score it on a on a spectrum of like we got to score it on like readability creativity because that's one thing that everyone thinks that ai cannot do creativity making sense and i would actually love to plug it in and get some media buying and see the actual results from it all right well i think uh, i think we can follow through with that so any final words from us folks i'm good i don't think so we covered a lot of ground there. Welcome to the future of writing. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can do that right now at directtoconsumeralloneword.co. I'm Eric Dick, and this has been the D2C Podcast. We'll see you next time.